Good morning, friends. Um, I'm recording today in uh, North Richland Hills. I've been in Texas for a few days attending a Christ for India Board of Directors meeting and also our annual fundraiser. Today's message I want to share with you is titled, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, and it's based on Psalm 4. Have you ever noticed there's something about the middle of the night that makes our problems seem larger than life? It's strange how at a time of the day when we are least likely to be able to do something about our problems, they have the greatest ability to keep us awake. You know, this happens to everyone. I mean, there have also been times in my life when I couldn't sleep because my troubles just wouldn't leave me alone. I mean, worry keeps us awake. Fear, anger, resentment, guilt, regrets keep us awake. You name it, keeps us awake. When this happens at night, we feel more helpless than ever because there's nothing we can do about it right then. We can only rehash the past or dread the future. In contrast, David said in Psalm 4, verse 8, I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. If troubles are keeping you awake and peace of mind eludes you, then today's message is for you. Today we're going to see in Psalm 4 how you can have a heart full of peace, even when you have a head full of troubles. Here are three things that will help you find peace. First of all, pour out your heart. When we're called on to pray out loud in church, we tend to pray, I guess, King James prayers. We pray them with a stained glass voice. Charles Spurgeon referred to it as a steeple in the throat. You all know what I mean. You know, dear Lord, we thank thee today for thine abundant blessings which thou hast manifested unto us in thine great providence. My point is not to ridicule the way anyone prays, but I'm saying this. If that's not how you talk in everyday life, you don't have to talk like that when you pray. I mean, there's nothing holy about Elizabethan English. In fact, in Elizabethan times, some thought it was a sin to pray in any language other than Latin. You don't have to learn a new language or speak in a funny voice to pray. You can pour out your heart to God as if you're speaking to your best friend, because you are. I once heard a speaker at a conference say, I have a problem with people who pray chummy prayers. When you approach the Almighty, it should be done with a sense of reverence and awe. One person who was attending raised a hand and said, Does this mean you have a problem with the book of Psalms? Well, they said this because the Psalms contain that very kind of prayer. I mean, David just pours out his heart like he's talking to his closest friend. They're not stained glass prayers. I mean, he cries, he complains, he expresses his fears and his frustrations and his doubts. He says things like, you know, Psalm 10.1, Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Or Psalm 89, verse 46, How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Or in 38, verse 4, I'm feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. Psalm 88, my soul is full of trouble. You have put me in the lowest pit. You have taken me from my closest friends. Why, O Lord, do you reject me? Well, friends, David isn't speaking theology here. God didn't reject him. David's just pouring out his heart. He's telling God how he feels. You know, for a long time, I was never really comfortable reading the Psalms. I, I guess I didn't understand how David, this giant of faith, could have doubts and struggles. But I'm older now. I birthday just two days ago. You know, I've taken some beatings and I've lost some battles. And I find solace and strength now in the Psalms. I can identify with David. His prayers become my prayers. 
And I find comfort in the fact that through David, we learn that we can be absolutely honest with God about our hurts and our doubts and our fears. In Psalm 4, again, verses 1 and 3, David says, Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayers. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. So, when your heart is troubled, tell God about it. Tell him how you feel. Express your fears, your doubts, your worries. He'll listen, and he'll understand. The psalm also teaches, and this is our second point, that when you're troubled, you should examine your heart. In verse 4, in your anger do not sin. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. In searching your heart, you begin to find answers. You learn how to make sure some stuff never happens again. It will teach you how to be more sensitive to others. And searching your heart will also give God the opportunity to convict you of any sin in your life. When you're troubled, search your heart for answers. If you find yourself in the same mess again and again, search your heart for the reasons. Ask God to reveal whatever it is that you need to change and ask for the strength to do it. When you find yourself alone and troubled, instead of rehashing the past, search your heart for answers about your future. Ask yourself, how do I want to be remembered uh, in this life? What can I do that will be of eternal value? What's the most important to me in my life? What is the most important thing I can do tomorrow? What kind of person would I like to become? And what would I have to change in order to be that person? As you ask these questions, realize that God is right there with you. His spirit is whispering in your ear, offering you encouragement and comfort. So when you're troubled, search your heart in silence and listen to God. And third, offer your heart. Some of you will remember the Christmas song. It goes this way. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him. Give him my heart. Yes, friends, that's what God wants more than anything else. He wants your heart. Psalm 51, David says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. In Isaiah 57:15, it says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit. This helps us understand what David means in today's psalm when he says in verse 5, Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. See, the only right sacrifice you can offer is your heart. Even if it's broken, troubled, and weary, God will accept it. In fact, the only heart God won't accept is a proud one. In Psalm 101, verse 5, it says, Whoever has a haughty eye and a proud heart, him will I not endure. After you have poured out your heart to God, after you have examined your heart in his presence, you can offer your heart to him as a sacrifice. Offering your heart to God means offering yourself to God. It means giving yourself completely to him. Put your hope in him. Put your trust in him. Put your life in his hands. It means living with an attitude that says, like in verse 6, Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. When we offer ourselves to God, do you know what the result is? He puts joy back into our hearts. David says in verse 7, You have filled my heart with greater joy. Friends, every heart is sometimes troubled. We all go through times of despair. But God offers peace for troubled hearts. David says in verse 8, 
I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So, let me wrap it up. The key to a heart full of peace is a heart completely surrendered to God. The process of getting there is a process of pouring out your heart, examining your heart, and offering your heart to God. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.